Welcome to Entrepreneur Conundrum with Virginia Purnell, where growing entrepreneurs share how they get visible online. Hi, everyone. Today, I'm talking with Jeffrey Hazlett about how he helps businesses grow. Jeffrey is a primetime television host of C-Suite with Jeffrey Hazlett and executive prospects on C-Suite TV, the business podcast host of All Business with Jeffrey Hazlett and C-Suite Radio. He is a global business celebrity, speaker, best-selling author, and chairman and CEO of C-Suite Network, home of the world's most trusted network of C-Suite leaders. Welcome, Jeffrey. Hey, thanks so much for having me today. I appreciate it. Thanks for being with us. So can you give us the info? Like, how did you end up where you are today? Just like one people, <laughs> one step at a time. You know, I bought and sold over 250 businesses, about 25 billion in transactions of those businesses. I've been a Fortune 100 officer, you know, was a, had my own primetime TV show on Bloomberg, now doing it all digital and streaming and you know but just starting one by one i started off with a small public relations firm that's how i got started i was in politics i did a lot of politics i did a lot of campaigns and ballot issues things like that and then i, I decided well geez i can do a public relations company and that's how i got kind of got started then i bought a printing company then i bought a cellular phone company then i bought a tv station then i bought you know they just kept going and and then association management company and then bought and sold and then worked my way up and, and across the breadth until I got here. Are you still buying and selling businesses? Oh, I, yeah, I'm serving. I, today I serve on 12 corporate boards. Uh, four of them are publicly traded companies and the uh, balance are private, private companies. Six of them my own in some way, shape or form. And um, yeah, but yeah, still buying and selling companies, still involved in big transactions or or advising companies. I do a lot of advising people call me all the time you know one of the cool things about being in the c-suite and if you do your you do what you do well you become a very trusted advisor or a trusted you know executive and so people will reach out to me you know and just ask my my counsel not advice because advice is typically given by people who've never done it before but counsel is given by people who have done it so i can say well this is how it's worked for me or this is how i've seen it and then you make your own decisions about how you apply that, which is the way most people should do. I like how you differentiated the difference between advice and counsel. Yeah, you know, you have people all the time coming up. I'm, I'm sure you got family members coming up giving you advice. You know, I, I'm not giving you advice. I don't want to give you advice. I want to give you counsel like, hey, that stove is hot. You know, you should pay attention. <laughs> you, know? You, know? you know, and I think it has more credibility when you give counsel. You know what I mean? If, mm -hmm. if you know, I or I can say, listen, you know, we do it. We lead in the C-suite network. I, I lead a group called the Thought Council. We also lead a hero group, which is our CEO group. And they're masterminds. And we have tons and tons of them inside the C-suite. That's part of what we do. And, and you know, I just think it helps a great deal if you can give, you know, you have people who come together and you're able to offer counsel and not, not advice. Because, you, again, advice you can get anywhere. I, I would much rather know in a trusted environment that you've done this. I mean, when I was in the Fortune 100, you know, as a chief marketing officer at Kodak, you know, I was helping to dismantle a lot of different things as the company was making its changes as we were trying to, to move it from a non-digital world into a digital world and from a film or analog into a digital world. And it was going to be difficult. We knew it was, didn't think we'd make it, but we we're going to give it our best shot. And we kept it there for a lot longer than it probably should have been. And, you know, it was helpful as I was doing that, when people would call me and say, Jeff, how do I get out of the Olympics? Jeff, how do I get out of uh, 
NASCAR. Jeff, how did you get out of your Disney relationship? Well, these are things I had to do, you know, and it's it's not not always sometimes you get to find people that have done that. So when, you know, I was able to, you know, tell tell somebody, well, look, I know you're spending 20 million, but you should look at it like this or look at it like this, you know, and, and that's, I think, the the cool thing about about council. How do you manage your time? Ah, you, well, there's a lot of uh, I see a lot of TikTok videos right now. Uh, it's amazing. I said TikTok, and I'm six. <laughs> oh, there you go. Um, but I'm I'm a baby. I'm a I'm a what? I'm a millennial trapped in a baby boomer's body. That's the way I describe it. Because I love technology and I use technology, so I use a lot of different apps, a lot of different techniques. But by by and large, the one I see on TikTok right now is everybody called time blocking. I've been doing time blocking forever. Like you, you know, you have to. I make a list of the key things that I need to do for the day. And here it is, right here. You can see it right there, and and I make that list. And I use tools like Monday.com and others where I really use them very effectively. I have a good assistant, and I kind of live by the philosophy of eliminate, delegate, or automate. And so, in all the things in my life, that's what I try to do. So then I don't have to deal with them, even to the point where I, you know, uh, everybody gives me a hard time because I only wear pink shirts. Well, I wear pink shirts one because I look good in them. And women comment on all the time. Two, it looks like good. You know, two or three, it looks good on TV. And the most important thing, I have to pick out what I'm wearing today. I'm going to wear a pink shirt. So nice. that's so I that's the things I try to do. So, but time blocking is like I set aside certain like this is my sales time. This is my this is my you know interview time. I do a couple of inter. This is my third interview today. I did one for my own show, and then I did two with other podcasters. Uh, to talk about the things that we do, because that's the game we're in is the content game. And but I, I set aside those so that everybody knows, like, you know, every Tuesday at noon, I'm going to do a bunch of recordings for all the recordings that we need inside of our company. You miss that window. I'm not doing it till next week. And those are the kind of things you have to do. You have to kind of build that into your that discipline uh, into what you do and how you do it. And by doing that, you can be much more effective. You get routines. I like routines. You know, I get up early. I'm, I'm usually out the door by 630, uh, to go to the office or, or working by that time period. And, and because it's 630 till eight or nine, depending on where you're at, I can get a lot of things done without being interrupted. And so those, those are good times for me. And even when I'm on vacation, you know, with my wife and and back then my my children, I knew I had till ten thirty because they couldn't get their act together till ten thirty. So, you know, I could work and put in a full day. I could get up at you know four o'clock and put in six hours of solid great work without anybody yelling at me and be out the door. You know, so even during vacation, I would do those kind of things. So that's how I that's I'm I'm very efficient. And uh, that list that I build, the, those, the, but I look at a calendar too, Virginia. I, I think this is important for everybody, especially a lot of the new business people or people who are struggling with time. Is I look at the things I got to do. That doesn't mean I have to do them. I can switch all that. Yeah, I got all these appointments. I might look at all the appointments today and say I can't do those things. You know, it's just the nature of it. You know. And by the way, you can change them. You and I were supposed to do a recording of this interview a month ago, and my daughter was going into labor, and I was making too much noise in the other room. And so they <laughs> told me that I had to get off the phone, and I had to apologize profusely to you that, you know, well, that was a higher priority, right? You know, you know. but had she been a little in between her, her what, what what do they call those, uh, the waves of whatever that is? I can't Contractions. remember. Contractions. We could have got that sucker done, but <laughs> I was trying to be efficient. There you go. 
Well, well, you weren't doing anything anyway, right? <laughs> I wasn't doing it. They didn't need me. I was like, I, I'm, I'm. First of all, I'm not going in there. She was doing a home birth. There's no way I was going in there. So, and 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 I was supposed to get the when when that started. That was part of it. I had to go, which means I had to go check into a hotel somewhere because I no one wanted dad around anywhere, shape, or form, or granddad in this case. <laughs> so, owning a media company how do you how do you get in front of your ideal avatar well uh, well, so that's a great question because i think that's the probably the most important question that anyone should ask themselves about their business and that is what problem are you solving you know so if i know what problem i'm solving and so for me i try to provide motivation inspiration education and sometimes monetization for trusted executives that's it i only want to talk to people who are vps or higher you can be an owner, a founder, you could be a shareholder, you could be, you know, a CEO, CMO, CIO, CFO, CSO, CRO, you can keep on going down, but a VP or higher, that's my, that's my avatar. I want to talk to business owners, whether you're on Main Street or Wall Street, it doesn't make a difference what you're doing, you know, it's just zeros behind the numbers, you're doing the same things all together. So, so our perfect avatar is that group, and then the people that serve it. So that's what we try to do. And that's what I try to look for now. Some people say, well, how do you know a show is good? Who am I to judge whether the show is good? The people listening will judge if the show is good. The people watching will judge the show. So I don't care if you're sitting in in, in home eating Cocoa Puffs and you're talking to another guy, you know, on, on Zoom or or uh, Zype or, or Skype or, you know, whatever. I don't care. You know, does, does the people who want that content, do the people that want that content watch it, listen, enjoy it, and like it? And whether it's, you know, two people or it's two million in our case, it's 50 million downloads, you know, so it's significant. But, you know, I still want to serve. But I have shows that, you know, serve, you know, like literally have six downloads. And we have some of those shows there. But, you know, for that person, that podcaster, for that, you know, TV show, for that author that only sells six books or whatever it is, that's could be their six people, you know, mm-hmm. that, that are going to buy from them. And so it, you know, in today's game in the media, Virginia, it's important for people to understand this isn't about eyeballs and ears. It's about hearts and minds. If your content builds community, your community will build commerce. And so that's what you have to focus on. So you want great content, the content that's good for you, for the people that want to listen or hear it or read it, or, you know, consume it. And then you want to get it out to as many of those people as possible to find them. But you really want to make a connection and doing that. So and in today, you, whether you're a you know, you're a thought leader and, you know, like myself or others. And, you know, I'm not trying to not saying I'm bragging because it, it bra- bragging's when it's not true. <laughs> so that's the uh, stating a fact. <laughs> exactly. I'm just stating a fact. Well, I got a million followers. I got this. So we got that. So, you know, but but even if you're a dry cleaner in St. Louis, you have to become a content provider. You have to be known as the doctor of spots. You need to show people that you know what you're doing so they'll come to you. And whether they'll learn it on their own and do it themselves. Although I got to tell you, you know, I mean, I do hundreds of keynotes a year uh, in the speaking hall of fame as well. And people say, do you mind if we videotape your presentation and we have it available? Now, it used to be speakers were like, no, don't do that. And there's a lot of speakers that do that. And I'm going like videotape it. Heck, yeah, videotape it, put it on audio, give it to as many people as you want. Because you know what? I've never had someone come up to me and say, I saw your speech and. I didn't want to hire you after I saw it. You know, I they I know that once I get great content, if I do it right, 
they're going to want to hire me. They're going to want to buy my book. They're going to want to follow me. They're going to want to interact with me. So, so go and build that community. And from that community, you can monetize the living dickens out of it. And it was free advertising, right? It's advertising. It's, it's exactly what, exactly right. You, you know, it's called OPM, other people's money. So, mm-hmm. and that's what I try to, I try to do that every day. You know, it's like, I try to show up like Henry Kissinger at a press conference back in 1972 and say, Hey, what questions do you have for my answers? You know, what mediums are working for you right now? Well, the tried and true, even though I know a lot of people don't like Twitter, Twitter does really well for me. LinkedIn does well. Um, but until, you know, Instagram, not so much, but that's not my audience, you know, but yeah. I'm doing better. I'm doing better in it. I know I got to get there. I know I got to reach another whole group, but you know, uh, you know, but back a long time ago, I learned not to do things for me, but to do things for the people that wanted me to do them. Right. So when, when I first got on the Twitter and Facebook and all that years ago, and I, I was one of the first thousand people on Twitter, well, I, I had a reporter that followed me around from uh, from the London Times. She followed Richard Branson and myself around for like a week. And then she complained that she didn't like following me. And I said, well, then don't follow me. I didn't ask you to follow me. Get the hell off my channel. Quit quit posting on my my feed. If you don't like me, you know, buzz off. I actually said the worst word than that. But I'm trying to keep your show nice and you're Canadian. So I want to make sure I'm, I'm respectful here. Oh, thank so, you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, you know, but but what I did was I was writing as though my wife would say to me, where are you today? Because literally, I was a chief marketing officer. I could I could have been in India one day, Japan the next day, this day, this day. And a lot of times we just did, couldn't talk. And so, I, you know what? I'm going to do Twitter and write as though it's for my family so they know what I'm doing. And that's what okay. I've been doing ever since. And by the way, those are the those are the those are the posts. Those are the that's the interaction that works better than anything. I mean, you know, and although I have to you have to be careful about it because there's some weird people out there. I mean, uh, you know, that steal your profile picture, steal pictures of you, steal pictures of you and your grandchildren, which they do. And these graving sucking pigs that I would, uh, you know, I'd, I'd punch them in the face or actually do something worse. They they're out there. And so you got to be careful about how you do things. I don't you know, I don't post today in real time. It's rare because I don't want people to know where I'm at or that, hey, I'm gone. Come rob my come rob my house, you know. Right. You know, uh, there's certain things like that that we do that we that we put into because I've had people show up at my hotel room. I've had people show up at, you know, I'll be upstairs in an airport in the middle of a hallway and they've tracked me down. So it's like, that's weird, you know, or on a train. I had that once on a train, I, a United States senator, former United States senator, because I used to have my uh, my Wi-Fi say Jeffrey Hazlett's, you know, whatever. And, I, you know, carried around one of those little hubs. And he saw that on the train and went down the train until he <laughs> found me. And I went, how did, and I said that, I said, how'd you find me? He said, oh, your Wi-Fi said you were on the train. I went, I'm changing that sucker. <laughs> I, now it says the FBI safe house or something like that. You know? <laughs> anyway. What big goals do you have in the next year or two? Uh, to do more. That's, I mean, that do more of everything, you know, the things that are important to me. So you know, and I, you know, Stephen Covey, I thought said it best in Seven Habits of Highly Successful People. He said, you have to have, you have to have a spiritual life. You have to have a personal life with friends. You have to have a, a family, family life. You have to have your work life, you know, and, and, and you have to have health. And so those are the things I have to try to concentrate. So those are the things I look at and say, in that teeter totter, that five way teeter totter, can I balance that? And how much do I balance? Sometimes knowing 
I put too much into work. I got to step back and do this or do that. So when I say more, I want to do more of the things that 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 really are exciting to me. And then those are in those areas. You know, I got to got to get got to be healthier. I got to spend more time with my family. I got to you know, you got to do those key things. And that's that's what I that's that's my big goals. I mean, I, I mean, do I have measurable goals and objectives without question uh, about the business, about and I and I do this for all the things, you know, I put I got my Monday board. I got, you know, with my wife, we even have our own board of things to do with the girlies. We call them the girlies. The two we have two girlies. Now we got three. And 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 we make a list of things that we're going to go take them to, like build a birdhouse or do this or do that. And they got to come over next weekend and paint one of my birdhouses that I repaired. So I got to do that. But things like that, that's that's to me, that's the stuff to do. That's fun. Yeah. Do you feel like there's a roadblock in the way of achieving that balance and always? Yeah, yeah, always. It's uh, it's it's called priorities. It's called competing times, competing things, you know. But you have to get back to your own personal conditions of satisfaction, you know. And and the roadblocks get in the way for us many times. Now, some of them are put, you know, unforeseen site like a like a uh, an avalanche. You, you didn't cause the avalanche, but the avalanche broke the road. Well, okay, you can you can whine about it and cry about it. Or you can start digging, you know, uh, or find another road around it, or don't drive where there's freaking avalanches, you know. So, I mean, that's that, you know. So you got to sit back and do that. Like today, on the way to the office, I missed my turnoff three <laughs> times. Three times I was on the phone and talking, and I missed it. And and typically you know, you'd get mad about that. And I'm going, nah, I'm not. I'll drive down the road five miles, turn around, come back. And then I missed it again. Like, <laughs> that was, it was really like, a good conversation. <laughs> yeah, it was like, I missed it again. And that was my own call. But you can you can get upset about it. So my point is, is that it's about your own conditions of satisfaction and what you want to do with them and what drives you that will get rid of those roadblocks for you, right? And I could have been, you know, like there, that's a roadblock. I, I, I missed my freaking... Uh, you know, turn up to my own office. Right. But it was my own fault and I could have been mad about it or I could just move on. And that's what I chose to do was, Hey, let's move on. I, I don't need to be like that. I'm going to use it as experience. And it was funny. And that's what I'm going to do. And I, I got to the office, you know, eventually. Eventually. Yeah. <laughs> and, and that totally like how you looked at that experience totally changes how the rest of your day turned out. Right. I would have been pissy the rest of the day had I like and then I would have taken it out on everybody that I would have run into or on the phone for the next hour. Seriously, I would have. There's no doubt about it. And mm -hmm. so, you know, when you say, what are you trying to do? I'm trying to do a better job of not doing those things. Right? I'm trying to do a better job of not letting those things get in my way and, and observing. So I, you know, so I want to be happier. I want to be more grateful. I want to be those things. And so uh, I think that's important, you know, because I'm a hard charging, if you can't tell that, a hard charging, you know, bulldog, a bulldozer, Mack truck, you know, that's my my job has been nothing but build success and do it with massive, massive numbers and in hard to charging ways. That's what I am. That's what I've always been. I don't know how that became about, but that's what it was. And it's never stopped and it's never been anything else. You know, I remember sitting down years ago, back in the 90s and some HR director was talking to the CEO and I was president and head of sales and everything for the software company. And she's crying because I'm a Mack truck. And I'm, I'm looking at her like, what do you mean I'm a Mack truck? What's your, what the hell is your problem? And, you know, <laughs> and not realizing, or, you know, years ago I played, I was a rugby player. And I remember seeing a photograph of our rugby team. And I went, who's that big guy in the back? And that was me. And I went, holy crap, I'm a big guy. And that was the first time in my, I think I was like 24 uh, maybe a little, maybe, maybe 26. 
And I realized, holy crap, I'm bigger than everybody else. And, uh, and I didn't think about that. You know, never thought about it like that, you know, except for when I met my wife, great grandmother. I met my wife's great grandmother. I was, she's five foot one, 105 pounds. I'm six foot three, 200, you know, some odd pounds. And grandma Agnes is like four, 11 weighs, maybe 90 pounds. And she looked up at me and she looked at Tammy. She looked way up at me. She took to Tammy. She looked way up at me. She turned back to Tammy and said, isn't he bigger than necessary? And that's been my <laughs> life ever since. It's been like that. Yeah. So, and that's what, you know, and by the way, that's what I find in all the things I do. I, I you know, I was reviewing with my uh, producer today and we're bringing on um, lots of different cool new shows and, and we have, and I have lots of famous people and so forth, but um, but we were reviewing all the old stuff of like, uh, you know, me being on Celebrity Apprentice for three years and different places. And I've always been in weird, you know, very unique and famous places uh, or with pe people just by accident. That's just been my life. It's like the Forrest Gump of, of being a global business celebrity. That's that's kind of me. I'm the, like life is a box of chocolates. And, you know, and that's and that's been my life. And I've been blessed. It's nice that you can can see that and can appreciate it. Well, of course. I mean, look, I came from very humble beginnings. I'm a, I, I, I think I'm a fairly humble person, although I'm confident. You know, somebody once said, said a speaker once said, uh, what would you like to be? And they said, I would love to have the eloquence of Les Brown, who's an unbelievable speaker, and the swagger of Jeffrey Hazlitt. And I thought, <laughs> well, that's pretty cool. Uh, that would be cool. Never thought of it that way, but that's cool. So, yeah, I, I, you know. I always have, you know, like anybody, though, we all have doubts. You know, somebody I was speaking to a group of um, of, of big name A class celebrities at a big thing in Hollywood that one of the big uh, agencies asked me to come in and talk about the brand of you, how to build the brand of yourself. And, you know, I was on the front cover of Forbes and magazine and called a celebrity CMO and all this stuff because I was doing all this TV back then. And then. And they said, well, Jeff, you know, as I said about, you got to go do this, you got to build this. And this was, a, a, you know, when I'm getting back to this content thing, it was about, you know, how do you build a brand of you? It's, you know, you got to build the content and you build the community and you build. I've been doing this for decades. And and they said, well, what about those little voices that tell you you can't? I said, what voices? And they go, you know, those little voices. And this was a big name. This is a A class. This person you would know. Okay. No, I mean, like mega star, mega, like I'm going like, whoa, this is a big person, right? And I said to the person, I said, I stopped listening to the voices a long time ago. I said, we all get them. We all have them. Trust me. I have them every day. Go to bed with them. I just tune them off. I said, stop. And you just got to move past that. And you got to understand that we're all not perfect. We're all not going to do things the same way. Uh, I'm going to do it my way. You're going to do it your way. Doesn't mean it's better. Doesn't mean it's worse. But um, but it's my way. And and there's some things we could do better. But you know the key thing is you got to do them. And you're going to fail. Let's be very clear. Everybody talks about oh let's fail fast. Well, bullshit. Who wants to fail fast? I know I'm going to fail. I want to win fast. And it and so I go about it with a different attitude that I am flat going to make some mistakes. I mean typically in an interview like this somebody will say oh, Jeff what's your biggest mistake and I will answer. I don't know. I haven't done it yet. Meaning there's always a bigger one. All right. Mm -hmm. And for, and we should all understand that you're always going to make a bigger mistake. That's just the nature of life. So, okay. Understand that. But my goal is to win fast. All right. Let's just get through this crap and let's get to the real good stuff. You know, let's get to the desserts. Let's get to donuts. Let's get the ice cream, you know? And uh, that's, that's kind of my thought.
Well, thanks for sharing. Yeah. Well, you see, this is like you put the quarter in, you get to go for the full ride when it's with me. It's like, boom, let's go. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> What's the best advice you've ever received? Uh, listen. Listen. I think the more times we can shut our mouth and the more we can open our ears, the better it's going to be. You know, I so I always think it's listen. I think that's the most important thing. And then the second piece would put yourself in that person's position. You know, whether it's solving a problem or speaking to them, what would they want to know? How would they want to? You know, you know, I give speeches all the time. And my first thing is to ask them, what can I do to make this the best experience for you? You know, hiring me to come and speak. And they said, no one's ever asked us that. I said, well, my job is to make sure you, you don't have any issues. You don't have any problems. My job is to make sure that there's a I'm doing it. great. That's my job is to make a great experience, to do a great job on stage. So that means I'm not going to show up five minutes for the presentation. And here's my, my here's my thumb drive. You know, I'm you know, if you you know, if you want me to if you want me to um, to do a sound check, they always ask if you will, you know, Jeff, would you like a sound check? Well, heck no, I don't want a sound check. I've done this, you know, uh, hundreds of times a year. I don't need a freaking sound check. But if you want a sound check, make you feel better. It's more about you, not about me. And then I'll do the sound check. I'll go. I'll get up at five o'clock in the morning if you want me to. I don't care. That's what I'm. my job is to make that easier. So I think that's. So those two things is what can I do for you to make that better, whether you're an employee or, you know, a, a customer or, and then and then listen and listen is real critical. Those are nice and they go really well together. Typically. Yeah. <laughs> so based on that, what's the best advice you've ever given? I think the best advice that I continually give is a, a, a really around focusing in on what problem you're solving. Because I think that's, I, I don't think enough entrepreneurs, I don't think people selling, I don't think people, you know, doing their jobs do enough of that. And if we did that, we'd, we'd eliminate a lot of wasted time. So when I show up, even when I show up a, a, at a meeting with my team, the first thing I do, everybody start talking, I go, oh, can we stop? What are we here for? What's the meeting? What's the purpose of this meeting? And then usually it's followed by a lot of blank stares and people not trying to make eye contact. And then, but once you figure that out, it shortens the meeting. Right. Right. You know, it's amazing. Right. So that's that. So I think that's the best advice. And how, I love this where, you know, everybody, well, you know, a lot of podcasters, did you listen to my podcast? Don't you want to listen to my podcast before, you know, no, it's your podcast, not mine. You know, it's not that's not I'm not there, but they, you know, but they want the validation. So that's what they want. That's the problem they're solving. So, you know, I got to get to that or they, they help people again, figuring out what it is they want or how they want it and then give it a tool, you know, as much as we can. So what problem are you solving with C-suite? The, a trusted network. So today we, you're in a C-suite. It's it's if I go on LinkedIn, I can't tell you if you're a billion dollar company or not. I can't tell you if you're a startup that just started. If I look at your website, I can't tell that you're backed by someone with hundreds of millions or you're bankrupt. I, I you know, and I'm not knocking people, but you you have to have a trusted network of people. You have to have a trusted network to be able to operate in. And so what I want is a place in which you can come and have frank, open you know discussions where you can take the armor off at the door and go in and be vulnerable and have great, great, great interaction and get the real shit, you know, 
and and not the bravado that you typically see from uh, advertising or uh, a website or from a LinkedIn profile that looks like you've just cured cancer. And you don't have, you know, first of all, you never went to medical school. And, and then third, you don't have two nickels to rub together. Why would I want to do business with you? You know, so that's what we try to do. That's the problem we're solving. So so I give them an opportunity and a platform to be able to gain greater reach, discovery and conversion of whatever they're doing, utilizing all the tools in the marketplace that we have in that C-suite network. That's what it's all about. Does that also tie in with your thoughts on having like how that it's critical to have a trusted community and the support around you? Well, without without question, it's the most important thing, because if you're a C-suite executive, my job is not to be the smartest person in the room. It's to be the most strategic. And the best use of my time is to hit a mark, which means each of us are there for different reasons. My job is to be the eye candy out front, so to speak. Right. So with a face like this, it should be on TV. It should be on podcasts. So I'm just joking a little bit there. You can laugh. And uh, that was a joke, everybody. (laughs) <laughs> uh, but my what my point is when I was when I was at a Fortune 100 company running you know 17 billion dollar marketing budget, you know I would go to a conference and I would open the door at seven o'clock. There would be three people standing outside my door. Someone would hand me a fried egg sandwich and a diet Mountain Dew because that's what I used to have for breakfast years and before I got healthy. And and then someone would take off and start walking to the elevator so they could hit the button so that the elevator would open by the time I got there so we didn't waste any time. The other person's briefing me on what the heck's going on, right? And then and then the other one's walking behind me, make sure I don't trip, fall over stuff. And then then they pre-walk the route of everywhere we're supposed to go, know exactly what we're supposed to go before every appointment to every booth or whatever we were. I mean, my job was to hit a mark. That was the best use of my time. So how can I continue to do that inside of my team? And how can each of us do it? And that's why I need to have trusted advisors around me. That's why I need to have trusted team members around me so that I know that you do your job. I do my job. We all do these things. We hit the mark. And if we hit the mark at the same time or the same place, then everything runs efficient. If we're off a little bit, eh, no one died. But you know, if I'm having to do the, the things that you're doing, then what do I need you for? you know, mm-hmm. and vice versa. And so that's what we all have to do is realize what those roles are and how we play them and the way in which we play them. So conditions of satisfaction, mutual conditions of satisfaction are really critical on a trusted team. Very agreed. That's an awkward sentence. <laughs> yeah, that's right. We all have those. I sometimes I'm verbally dyslexic. So I mess up all the time. It was a word today I had to do in a promo video for somebody algorithmic i can't even say it so i so i eliminated it from the script i said i'm not saying that word and so i skipped over so but now i just found out that i can have an a a a rendered ai so i'm going in and getting taped and we're going to create an avatar that's exactly like me you won't be able to tell the difference and we can feed it the script and it will speak in seven different languages okay and which is great because every tuesday i got to cut like 14 15 videos that then I got to take different, you know, I don't know, do them in one take because I'm verbally dyslexic, meaning I, I screw words up. I make words up. I don't do them awkwardly. It can't say them right, you know, whatever. And uh, I like to think I'm good at it and I'm fairly good at it, but I do screw up like a lot of times. But this will eliminate all that. And now I'll be able to do this uh, promos and all that stuff. And it, it, it'll, it looks exactly you won't be able to tell the difference. In fact, I've told my producer of my my show that I want to interview myself. <laughs> 
And I'm going to have I'm going to interview my avatar. And then, of course, I'll have to write the answers for the avatar. But it's going to be interesting to interview myself. Mm hmm. That'd be fun. And just just think how much more work you can get done. <laughs> well, ex well, that's it. I mean, uh, that's that's the purpose behind that. So, you know, I mean, that's the cool thing. I mean, inside the C-suite, you know, you know, we 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 put together things like the mobile council. What's that? Well, it's to help executives, you know, have a mobile strategy and figure that out. Because when your CEO comes to a CMO and says, what's our mobile strategy? It shouldn't be, hey, we have an iPhone app. OK, it's got to be more than that. So what we do is that we form communities based on roles or topics or problems that need to be solved, uh, ge geographies or industries or or whatever, si you know, size of companies. And they're mastermind groups or peer-to-peer -peer councils, and you can get together and, and you learn. And that's a big part of what, I mean, that's a big part of our offering is those kinds of things. And so, you know, AI is one of those. We're gonna, you know, we got an AI council that's getting started. So, because you need to know, I mean, if you're, if that's not on your horizon as a C-suite executive, and I mean C-suite meaning as an entrepreneur or whoever, you're you're going to be in big trouble. You got to figure this out. Yes, so true. So, how would you? Do you have any advice for us on increasing the life of our content? So, whether written, video, podcast. Well, I think I think most problems that we see today we've seen twenty years ago. In, in fundamental things. So don't put timeline, don't put dates, don't, 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 you know, timestamp them. Mm -hmm. And, and I see a lot of people who do that and they'll, they'll speak to a specific problem, you know, or an incident rather than the, 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 the overall problem, they'll speak to an incident and they'll, and they'll make mention of it. You know, I had somebody in, in an interview the other day, a very well-known television producer, and we were talking about AI and how it's going to change the way that we do movies and content and how Disney right now has got all these players that they're that they're filming that are background players. And they've gotten they've gotten them to sign releases that they own that, which means now I can build an entire crowd out of the people I just filmed and and put them in the background and have that person walking across the street. And I really don't have to have a real person walking across the street. So we mm -hmm. were talking about fractional credits and 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 then we and then he started mentioning the strike the writer strike well by doing that he's now pegged that and so that that piece of content is going to be jaded it's going to be limited and he could have not done that and that could have gone on to uh, until they somebody comes up with the idea of, of accepting fractional credits which i think is a great idea i mean imagine that you want to write a play or do a movie and you want you want a, uh, you know, you want a difference. You want Tom Hanks, Clint Eastwood, and Al Pacino, and you want to take a bit of each one of them and make a character. Well, that's okay. That's what I, you know, that's the fractional side of that. That would be quite the character. That'd be different. Kind of weird, I think. But yeah, no. But I just try to. Get <laughs> on. Awesome. Well, if it was I, if it was Clint Eastwood, it's going to be a short line or two because he doesn't <laughs> like talking at all. But you know, right, he's, straight uh, shooting. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's <laughs> he's pretty predictable in what his roles are. I think <laughs> to the point. <laughs> and Tom Hanks, you would have think was. I mean, when you think about Tom Hanks' early career, I remember he was early. He was a comedian. He was funny, and now he plays all these big serious roles. I I saw him playing in this mo movie called Otto the other day, and it was you know he's played a more of a 
uh, 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 Asperger's kind of character. And it was really interesting to watch him play that, you know, and then, you know, to watch him play a lot of roles has been, I think the best one was Bridge of Spies. He did such a great job in that movie. I, that comes on and I watch, I think I've watched it like 20 times because I just <laughs> think he does such an admirable job. There's a guy that took on a job on principles and everybody hated him for doing it. And he did the right thing. And in the end, he freed, you know, uh, Gary Powers, who was a U-2 pilot that was shot down in Soviet space. And and then later in life, he freed all of the prisoners that were in the Bay of Pigs. So he's an amazing, was it had to be an amazing man. I would have liked to have known the real, the real attorney uh, rather than the one that Tom played. But, but, you know, nonetheless, Tom did a hell of a job with it. I wonder how he feels about his role change. Like what you said, like at the beginning, he was the comedian and then more serious. He's an actor. He's a thespian. (laughs) I mean, so I think that's what he would say. I think deep down, he's he's that same guy in Big. He's that Mm -hmm. same character in Big. I I think he's that, you know, remember, I can't remember the the TV show, but they used to dress up as women. I think he's that guy, you know, uh, deep down. And I think he likes to have fun, even though like Saving Private Ryan, he played this very unique character. And, And I think there's you know, what's cool about an actor or somebody, I think there's aspects of all that for all of us. We all have to play different roles. And in business, we have to learn to play different roles. And so sometimes I might not want to be the salesperson. I have to be the salesperson. Sometimes I don't want to be the finance person, but I have to be the finance person. Sometimes, you know, I got to take on roles. I I, got to call somebody and tell them I can't pay them, or I got to call somebody and tell them I need need you to pay me. You got to pay me. You know, I got to have or I, I got to fire you. I mean, those are roles we have to learn to play. And I think a, a good actor does the same thing. But the core of who you are is who you are. And, and I, 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 when you see, you see him, you'll see him stop at a restaurant and take pictures of people and make fun of them and uh, grab their camera. I think he somebody left their phone on a table and he took pictures of himself and then <laughs> and gave gave the camera back, which I think I find that great. I just find that I think that's lovely. I love it. And going off of that, it's like you need to have fun in each role. Listen, that's my my uh, tenets. My you know my conditions of satisfaction are is I, one I want to build wealth for me and my family. I I, I didn't grow up rich. Um, I'm still not rich, uh, but I want my life to be better than it was, and I want the life of my children and my grandchildren to be better than mine was. And certainly, my children have better than I did. Now I want my grandchildren to have that advantage because I've seen what it does for other families in, you know, in communities and industry and business and education and every opportunity. So that's my, that's my job. So that's one build wealth. Second, I want to, I want to learn new things. I want to learn things and continue to learn because that keeps me, me motivated and going. And third, I want to have fun. So I want to have all three of those. And if I can't have all three, I'm not really interested in doing it. So, you know, I don't work with assholes. I certainly don't work with people that don't pay me. And, and if, you know, and, and if you're not teaching me something, if we're not doing something for good, then why should I be doing it? Right. Why should you be part of that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And people come to you from time to time. I'm sure you had this. Well, why don't you work with me? Because I don't like you. You know, I know that's, you know, every once in a while, it's okay to say that. It's like, nope, don't care for you. Not interested. Now, I usually nicer about it. I usually just say, you know, oh, we're too busy. I wish we could, you know, or something. But sometimes they push it and then you got to tell them, you know, and sometimes they deserve to be told. So that's the other thing. <laughs> you know? Right. If they had only taken the other answer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, that, you know, again, tells you about who they are. 
Well, I appreciate you being with us today. Thank you very much. Well, a pleasure to be on the show. And thank you for, you know, pulling the trigger and let me do it. Out of, is there something that we haven't talked about yet that you would like to? Well, my birthday is November the 11th. No, I I have no, <laughs> whatever you'd like. By the way, November the 11th, Veterans Day in the United States. And but for years, I thought that everybody got my birthday off for, because it was my birthday, you know? <laughs> and then finally, my mother had to tell me, honey, no, this is to celebrate the veterans. Oh, okay. Mom, could have, could have kept that to yourself. That was my <laughs> special day. No, listen, no. If, if But if they have any questions, they can reach out to me. I'm on social media. It's Jeffrey Hazlett. You can find me at csuitenetwork.com. You can find me on C-Suite Radio, C-Suite TV. You can find us anywhere. And we'd be glad to help. Whatever we can do to help. And come check out the C-Suite Network. We'd love to have you. Awesome. And is there a hyphen between the C and the suite? Or is it just... Always C hyphen suite. But you can type them both in. If you type in C-Suite, you'll find C-Suite Network. Trust me. We're, we're at the top of the search on that. Awesome. Well, thank you again. And have a great day. Thank you. You too. Thank you so much for joining us today. Be sure to subscribe and leave some love through a review. And I'll catch you on the next episode.